Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host. He never forgets a horse or a face, Eric Hall. Hey, everybody. Yes, that's a horse. Wow, this movie. Hi. <laughs> uh, people, I, I can tell already people are losing their minds. They're like, where's Whitney? Where's Whitney? Who is this guy? You know Eric. Everyone knows Eric. It, you know, Whitney, she just wanted the week off. And that's fine. You know, I, I'm, I was like, here, you have this one week, but this is her only week off that she gets. So for the rest of the year, she's on, unfortunately. It's not a two-week wow. vacation thing here at 12 and 24. You get one Monday or Tuesday <laughs> off, and that's really it. Well, I will do my best. I don't, uh, nobody can replace Whitney, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> that's that's it's, not a thing. It's true. It's very true. It's very true. Um, uh, the singularity that is Whitney. Correct. Exactly. Correct. Eric, Andrew, you know, this is, <laughs> this is a real monkey paw situation. I think when I said I wanted the Kurt Russell movie with McCready, this was not the movie that I was talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What mm -hmm, the fuck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Uh, oh my God. We're going to get to it in a sec. Look, let me, I'll, let's knock this stuff out and we're going to get right into this. Cause I think we probably both have a fair amount to say about this movie. <laughs> so. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Not as much go. as you think, but let's <laughs> but let's do it. Strong words, not a lot of them, but strong <laughs> words. I think is what what it comes down to. Uh, as always, I want to mention you can find our podcast and our, all of our other podcasts and shows at twelve and twenty four dot com. That's one two a n d two four dot com. You can email us kurtlockerpod at gmail dot com or hit us up on Twitter at kurtlockerpod. You can also join us on Discord and chat in real time. Uh, that's 12and24.com slash Discord. You're, you're, you're currently hearing probably two of the most active people on our Discord right now. <laughs> I might be a little too active. <laughs> I think we're on there posting every day, I think. I if should I probably to, be doing to, more work. Right. Well, you know, it's a nice... I'm on Discord for like I have clients on there, so it just it all kind of blurs together now. I'm like I just live in Discord, which is really <laughs> really nice. I'll I'll tweet that link out every time I tweet it out. Like we get another like it's another trickle of three or four more people in there, but it's really great. We we have we have fun. So, and then finally, if you want to support us uh, with just a moment of your time, you could share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, bring more folks into the fray. Eric, I don't assume that you have um, necessarily followed along with every episode so far. Uh, but I do want to, I think you are familiar with Lane Train. I am, yes. Okay. Uh, what a saga, really, with Lane Train. I want to say Lane Train has gone ahead and updated, I believe, I don't want to get the pronouns wrong. I'll just say Lane Train has updated their review on our iTunes again. So you'll remember that we got, I don't know, what maybe it was four stars mm -hmm. uh, or something along those lines. And most of the stars were for Kurt, and we get one. As <laughs> of Wednesday of last week, uh, Lane Train has updated their review, five stars. And the review simply says, this show gets better every week. So <laughs> <laughs> They're not wrong. They're not wrong. <laughs> 
I tell Whitney that, that every show we record is the best show we've ever recorded. Uh, so I think that, I think it holds up. But thank you, Lane Train. It's great. Lane Train is actually in our Discord. So I was just going to say, will... like, they've gone, like, fully on board with the Kurt Locker. They went from, yeah. like, meh to engaged, <laughs> updated their review. So, uh-huh. I mean... Changing hearts and minds. This Eric, have, have you ever gone back and updated a review on anything you've ever written? Good Lord, no. Same here. So, God, it means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it means a lot. It means a lot when people go out and review in the first place. Like, yes. that's huge. And, again, we encourage you to do that. But, like, to go back and, like, I mean, someone on the internet saying maybe I wasn't right, that's gigantic. I know. It's crazy. So uh, that's huge. That gets more people uh, listening and all that stuff. So if you can, just toss us a review. Even if you want to just click five stars, you don't have to write anything. Every little bit helps. It's <laughs> awesome. If you do if you do write something, we will read it. So there you go. There you go. If it's okay with you, Eric, I'll, I'll handle the synopsis part and then you will, uh, you will do what comes next, if that's okay. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, jump in there like I'm Whitney. Right. <laughs> but again, I'm not replacing Whitney. Sure. It's a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're propping that part of the show up, but it's it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So, today we are talking about the film Super Dad. The plot synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes is When his daughter Wendy announces that she'll be staying home to attend a local school rather than moving away to the more highly college, that's not a word, to the more cost, to a more costly college, let's say that, Charlie (laughs) McCready assumes that the influence of his daughter's deadbeat friends is to blame. He resolves to change her mind by insinuating himself into her social life and trying to scare off her boyfriend. Ironically, he only ends up driving Wendy into the arms of an even more undesirable boy. <laughs> Shit. That's a yeah. long synopsis. This th- sentence. Let's get it down to a sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was written by Joseph L. Mikaviti. I've never pronounced that name the same twice. Uh, <laughs> and directed by Vincent Mikaviti. Uh, fun fact, I think on a previous episode, I said these two were brothers. Turns out that it's like an uncle and a nephew situation. Oh, I, I, cause I looked them up. I was like, what is this relationship? I mean, either way, you know, it's still nepotism, right? Oh, 100. I would, <laughs> it's, it's like 75% of the films we've watched have had one of these two names attached to them thus far. <laughs> It's crazy. Well, I've got some words for Joe. We, we <laughs> I got some words that. for both of these clowns in a second. <laughs> uh, co-starring alongside Kurt are Bob Crane, Barbara Rush, Joe Flynn, Kathleen Cody, Bruno Kirby, and what Disney uh, affectionately called the gang uh, is rounding out the cast of young actors in this film. So, Eric, it's another another one of these Disney, it feels almost like an assembly line at this point. It's like, here are these actors, here are these directors, here's this writer. What do the critics and audiences have to say about Super Dad? First of all, I do think it was was very much an assembly line at this point. Disney was kind of the last studio. Um, interestingly, the, we have no critical score. Um <sighs> 
I would, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is pretty good about aggregating old reviews, but I don't imagine a lot of critics took the time to review this film. <laughs> um, so I'm not surprised. <clears throat> the audience score is a dismal 35%. Um, That's low. That's low. Which, yeah, which is, which is not great. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about whether I think I deserve it. But, um, you know, they, <laughs> audiences don't care for this film. Uh-huh. Uh, New York Magazine review from 1974 by Judith Christ uh, says that this is it is shoddy and stupid by the lowest <laughs> family fair standards. <laughs> wow! Uh, Holy so shit. even trying to f- defend it as a family movie and you know hold it to slightly different standards, she still thought it was terrible. Uh, User Movie Town Video gave it two and a half out of five stars. They are clearly on the same journey as us. Uh, I did not think I'd ever feel this way, but I sort of missed that there wasn't a 20-minute scene about two goofballs climbing on ledges and through windows. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're, it is difficult to find praise for this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that the, the reference there, um, but people, the listeners are sure to know that uh, that's from the Barefoot Executive, where we had a twenty-minute scene of at least one of these actors in this movie, maybe two, just on just le- just a bunch of ledge humor. You know, <laughs> are they going to fall? Uh, who's hanging off the ledge now? That sort of thing. So. I have to agree with this user. Then this movie probably could have benefited from <laughs> for twenty at least twenty minutes. Twenty minutes least. of people climbing in, <laughs> in and out of windows, whatever. That's this is why we have the reckoning because we gave that scene a lot of shit uh, in the Barefoot Executive, but uh, comparatively, yeah. man, it's not so bad. It's not so careful bad. what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They heard you and said, "Okay, we'll cut that scene out." <laughs> We're gonna, Here's this garbage. We're, we're chopping it. We're chopping it. <laughs> uh, Eric, yes? before we get into this proper, I'd be remiss if we didn't uh, at least go through the motions of this show and with our newest segment, mm-hmm. the, the people want it. Uh, so I'm just going to let's let's kick this thing off. Bring it on. A brief moment of is he hot in this one? You just want to know what movies is too pretty in. That's a heavy burden for me alone to bear. Maybe just his character in the last one bugged me enough that I didn't think he was as dreamy. He's very dreamy in this film. Is he hot in this one? Okay. All right. So, uh, Eric, I gotta ask. You know, in your estimation, is he hot in this one? So in, in the intro music, um, you know, Whitney's talking about him being dreamy in, in a role. Uh-huh. He's not like he's not really dreamy in this one. Mm. He's starting to age into his adulthood a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I will say, yes, he is hot. Um, but it is towards the end of the film. 
Um, towards the end of the film, they go to San Francisco and he's like getting his detective on for a brief period. Yeah. And he is rocking this like black turtleneck and some slacks to go with it. Yeah. And he is hot. He is like full Steve McQueen in that moment. He's even got like a little convertible he's rolling around him. Totally hot. There you go. They, they do tend to give him some pretty, some pretty rad cars in all of the films that he's in so far. He does have... He tends to have a, a, a decent car. I was very confused where this car came from because there's a plot runner that one guy drives these kids everywhere, but that's immaterial. He has a cool car. <laughs> he does. So you just can't fit all of the friends in Kurt's cool car. That's why they require a van or something to drag them around town. Totally fair. It just seemed unexplained. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I agree with you on all points here, especially at the end when he he begins. I believe this is the beginning of his career as an action star with a diving kind of tackle here. Yeah, uh, very hot. So, Whitney, if you have any, I don't know if she has. I'll ask her on the next show. Yeah, but I, I hope we did you proud on this one, Whitney. I, you know, this is generally about how long it runs anyway. It's generally a yes or a no. So. Oh, sorry. I, no, no, no. I I'm saying to... she'll she'll go on, and then I just agree. So you really, truly filled Whitney's shoes there with the detail, okay. and then I just I say yes or no. Most I think I've always said yes, but that's okay. So <laughs> good looking dude. I don't know what to tell you. Whitney factors in all these ephemeral qualities that I didn't pick up on. So I don't know if there's gonna be an episode where somebody's like, no, he's not. But you know, I could be wrong. And we, I don't. We get into Mullet Town. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, he's he's looking a little rough in Captain Ron. We'll see. <laughs> that might be someone's cup of tea. I have no. It idea. might be. I don't know. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. That's it. That's it. All right, Eric. I gotta ask. You know, you're mm-hmm. the guest. You're you're coming in here, and you watched this more recently than I did. So yep. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Did this movie work for you? Uh, not at all. Yeah. Um, this movie has a serious tone issue. Um, Mm -hmm. they cannot decide if they're making a family drama or a family comedy. So even though we've experienced this in some of these other Disney movies, this has some pretty big shifts. Um, the, the plot is, it's kind of a plot we've seen. It's one that gets recycled where a dad is afraid of, losing his daughter so he messes with her life etc all of those films are sort of predicated on you liking the dad yep or at least understanding sort of what they have um a this dad is extremely unlikable there are like (laughs) no redeeming qualities to this character Uh uh-huh Um, Bob Crane, outside of what we've learned about Bob Crane in his personal life, like even taking that out of it just seems a little bit creepy. (laughs) Um, and they don't, they don't take any time to establish that this man and his daughter had a relationship in the first place. Yeah. Um, so as he begins to you know, sort of insinuate himself into her life or try to, um, it 
he just sort of comes off as an asshole. Like he he is um, trying in the the like most surface level ways to like engage with her. So just to we'll get into plot more heavily in that section, but like the the basic concept is his daughter has a group of friends. They are seniors in high school and Mm -hmm. you know over the summer they spend their time going to the beach well no shit like if i lived in california that's what i'd do (laughs) out of that what we learn is he thinks that all of these kids are kind of losers and they're not going anywhere and they don't have any ambition which i guess the movie illustrates a little bit like we don't see those kids interested in anything but they're also like teenagers on summer vacation so exactly. i wouldn't expect them to be yeah um and he watches a television program and this is sort of the most 70s thing about this movie i mean the the <laughs> the like um the divide the sort of Uh, I can't even think of the phrase that I'm looking for, but like, you know, how out of touch parents are, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, And this, you know, in in, on a talk show, someone observes that like the modern parent doesn't engage with their teenagers and doesn't take interest in their interests. So he decides to do that. But again, it's at the most superficial level. Um, He doesn't ask. Um, he doesn't like try to actually share. He just kind of shoves his way into it. Yep. Um, then later he just straight up lies to his daughter to get her to go to a school far away from her friends, which she does because she loves her dad. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then when she discovers his lie, she rebels and that sends him into a tizzy. And I'm like, sir, you're an asshole. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and what's like, what's interesting is through all of that, you would anticipate that the character, Bob Crane's character, the dad character would come out the other side with like a new outlook on things. He really doesn't. No. Like, he, like there's, there's no change. No character no development. Yeah. yeah. He comes out on, on the other side, just still kind of an asshole, but like, okay with, with the Kurt Russell character, with her, you know, old friend that is also her boyfriend, because it turns out that like, he made bad choices. I, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes. Sorry. T- turning down a scholarship to be with your girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know, but okay. Um <laughs> but but that he, you know, he learns that Kurt Russell sacri- made sacrifices in his life for his daughter. So that like he changes his mind about that one person it seems like. Um I thought Kurt was great in it. Uh it's sort of more of the same of what we've gotten so far. But again, 
like you said earlier, like these Disney movies are just a machine at this point. Um, yeah. And I, I was kind of joking about them being the last studio, but they were kind of the last studio that worked in the old studio system, right? That like had a stable of actors and directors and they had just plugged them in different places. Um, by the, you know, 1970, I think three, this movie was from like mm-hmm. by then most of the other studios had, had, you know, had moved away from that model, but Disney was still doing it. And to a certain extent, you know, still do at least with their television properties. Sure. Um, so, um, so, you know, Kurt is, is great. Once again, he's probably the best person in it. Um, you know, Bob Crane, I feel a little bad for like, I don't know that the part is written particularly well. Um, we know that he can be funny, right? Like he was funny on Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it would have been nice to like give him maybe that smart ass edge, or you know, give him something to do other than the occasional slapstick. Like <laughs> none of the jokes are like jokes; they're all jokes at his expense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So it it is. It is not good. It it is not particularly original. As far as like the technical aspects, it's fine. It, it <laughs> looks like a Disney movie from the seventies, right? Sure. It's bad rear projection, like those kind of things we've frankly come to expect, like from this era of Disney movie. Yeah. Um, but it has it has a serious identity crisis about like what you're getting like don't go into this expecting a slapstick comedy but also don't go into this expecting a family drama you're gonna get like half of one and half of the other at random times (sighs) yeah um well said well said (laughs) i i was i was scribbling down some notes here and you set the scene pretty beautifully for what I'm about to say. So that's great. Tonally, you are absolutely right about this movie. It starts off with like shots of the beach. Like uh, it's like, there's like Vaseline all over the lens. It's like very dreamy. And I'm like, Oh, I can get down with this. And then it immediately shifts to like a dream sequence with a voiceover that I could describe as like the anti-Wonder Years, essentially. Like, I don't know a better way. It's like this guy who's talking shit about a bunch of small children. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah. uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, then for the next 90 minutes, uh, I really actively dislike this movie a lot. Like, I cannot... I was... <laughs> I'm pretty happy. I watched this like a week ago and we had planned to record at that, at that point. And I feel like I've had a little bit of time to cool down because I would have torn this movie a new (laughs) asshole if I had recorded like right at like, basically if I was where you are right now, (laughs) I'd be seething at like having watched this film. So my thought is like this, what you said, like this assembly line thing 
I'm I'm like I'm over this this Disney thing. Like this was cool. It was actually pretty cool to see how they moved some actors around and like repositioned people. But like, uh, it's just not working for me anymore. <laughs> like the novelty has definitely worn off, and it's mainly because of Bob Crane in this movie. I think he killed it. So good job Disney on that one. <laughs> This probably, it could have been like a really tight hour of television, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. If they like reworked some of this stuff, there are, there are parts of this movie that uh, just, uh, they have no payoff whatsoever. Like there's this whole part about like his, his professional life as like a, he's like a, a, a lawyer that busts unions or something. And I'm like, this goes nowhere. Why was this even in the movie? It was just like an opportunity to have that Joe Flynn guy in there as like the client. Yep. And I'm like, okay. But no, at no point did it contribute meaningfully to the story at all. And again, it's another one of these like 20 minute ledge sequence situations <laughs> here, except even less relevant. To the story. When I saw Joe Flynn and we were talking about college, I was like, oh, is she going to go to school with Dexter Riley? <laughs> incredible. I had thought about it. I was like, that would be <laughs> really neat. Uh -huh. They had the opportunity to create like an MCU back here. And it's it, it just like the vision wasn't quite there. Yeah. So again, like take 30 minutes of this movie, uh, tw let's say 20 minutes and it means nothing like you could just go do whatever you like go do some chores do the dishes make popcorn whatever anytime there's a scene in his office because it doesn't mean anything like it, it really it really doesn't yeah it's just the only thing you get is the reveal that his daughter is like with a protester but that could have been handled any other way. Yeah. We saw him. He, he watches TV in his free time. That's how he got the advice. <laughs> right, it could have exactly. literally just been on his couch at home. Like, <laughs> sir, why do you have a TV in your office in the first place? It's yeah. 1973. You're a, you're a lawyer. What? <laughs> Come on. I don't know. It, so the, like the movie is like, it meanders and it's overlong and it goes from like mildly interesting to boring at best. And like that, like, that's 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 a problem that it has, right? Yeah. Just that is a that's a big problem, but it goes harder. <laughs> it like doubles down on how bad it wants to be. Like this has you were talking about it. This has this like back in my day generation gap thing. Um, generation gap. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. I thought I, I didn't want to like interject, but I figured that's probably so like. And like you said, like, that's well-worn. Like, we've seen that. And we've seen it done really, really well. But Bob Crane, he is, like, so incredibly unlikable and unpleasant about the whole thing. Like, for no, no, like I said, like, he's hating on children in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, he... His daughter, these are like her lifelong friends. Like Kurt Russell has been in her life for presumably like 16 years, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, we see him as a very small child in that bitching about children flashback. Yeah. And you're, you're yeah. like, so, okay. Yeah, they're goofy and a little aimless, but it's like, 
in terms of the people that we see in this movie, they are like incredibly respectful to all the adults they encounter. Right. Um, and like at least loyal to loyal to her, his daughter. So that makes him look like even more of an asshole. Like, <laughs> like how, how have you hated this kid for 16 years? He's been in her life the whole time. <laughs> I, I, it's just like, in case you weren't aware, I'm not a screenwriter or a, or a casting director, but like, <laughs> I should not be actively rooting against your protagonist. <laughs> like, like, don't make me do that. Like, and I was, I was like, every time he did some shit, like when he was water skiing or whatever, and he fell, I'm like, good, you deserved it, you dick. <laughs> like, I, like every bad thing that happened to him, I took, I was like real schadenfreude. I was enjoying it. So... The dude, he, he does not have a single memorable line uh, unless you count like uh, those incredibly high pitched screams that he was able to produce. <laughs> the scream was pretty incredible. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it will haunt my dreams for years, <laughs> but uh, I was shocked because he's got such a like his register is so low that when <laughs> that scream came out, I was like, what just happened? <laughs> It was nuts. Yeah, and it doesn't appear to be ADR. Like it, it sounds like it, it's actually his scream. Yeah, it's yeah. it's nuts. I, so like, <sighs> I can't I can't explain how much I dislike the. It's very difficult for me to really properly convey. Like, <laughs> it didn't take long for me to realize. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna hate this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, ten minutes in, I'm like, I I can't. I cannot abide what is happening here. So uh, I'll say Kurt, as we have always said, is the ray uh, of hope and sunshine in this otherwise bleak affair. Like he he's he's great, but it's literally the same thing we've seen him do. Right. Not no, I mean, no disrespect. Like it's he's getting paid to do the job that the exact thing that Disney wants him to do every time. Right. And he's killing it like he really is. Yeah. Um, and Bruno Kirby's a lot of fun. Bruno Kirby, yeah, amazing. Like, as soon as you hear that voice, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> right? Like his first film role and he gets a lot of screen time. He does. Very funny, very like charming. Said, he, has, he has a running gag where like every time you see him, he has a new job. <laughs> right. He's a hardworking kid. I don't know. Why does Bob Crane hate him so much? I know he's using that job as a means to an end, but still, the, he's got, <laughs> he's putting in the work. What the fuck? Uh, Barbara Rush was all, was pretty good as uh, as the wife in this. I think she's a very funny lady. Um, again, not given much to do. I think we experienced that same situation with. Um, what am I thinking here? Um, oh, uh, our last movie, Charlie and the Angel, uh, Cloris Leachman was also the, just a wife character, also very good, very funny, and then just not given a lot to do. Uh, I think that could have made the difference for me because she was very likable <laughs> and very charismatic. I was like, if only they balanced this a little bit better. Um, yeah. it's, it really bums me out because this movie... <laughs> It's like they stopped trying. <laughs> it's like that's what it feels like. It's the and it, it it almost certainly feels like it's these two guys, this writer director uh uncle nephew situation. Yeah. It's got to be these two where they're just like we're out of ideas. Like they just keep adapting novels uh poorly 
Um, and it, it's not, it's just not working for me. I'm like, I'm we're, we have one film left and I think it's these two guys again <laughs> in season one. And then we're done with them. And I'm like, thank God. Cause I can't keep doing this. So, you know, I know people aren't used to really me having very strong reactions to much. I'm a pretty go with the flow uh, on this, I'm here for, I'm here to have a good time, but this is not a good movie. Like it, I, I, I don't even know where I'm going to put, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to rank this yet, but it's not going to be pretty. Like I'll just put it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't have anything else really going for it. Like I love when I can fall back on like nice cinematography or good gags or uh, like a decent score, but it has none of that either. So I'm, I'm left like completely wanting at the end of this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, interesting footnote to this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the film autofocus. It is uh, a story about Bob Crane's life his, um, it's a family podcast. No, it's not. What am I talking about? <laughs> anyway, but, Explicit content. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, it's a story about how Bob Crane uh, had a sex addiction. Mm. And out of that, he also started, uh, he got in early on the video, the home video craze. Uh-huh. And, and started filming a lot of his sexual encounters, right? So- that is that is the bulk of the film, right? Is and it's kind of his like descent a little bit, right? And hmm. then it it I can't even believe I'm talking about this on a podcast about a Disney movie, but like in the end, Bob Crane was was murdered, which I don't think it has actually been solved. People have strong opinions about who did it. Wow. I said all of that to say that like they actually talk about this movie in that weird movie. What? <laughs> yes. Because in the 70s, it was not as easy to move seamlessly between television and film. And mm. that's that's what he was struggling with is, you know, a lot of people hated their TV roles because they were stuck in TV for the rest of their lives, right? So, like, he's just trying to get out of that, like, out of the shadow of Hogan's heroes. And, like, why wouldn't you do a Disney movie? Like, it's Disney. Um, you get to play the dad. He's a lead, you know, what have you. But, like, I have to wonder if he was like, this movie is terrible. <laughs> like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I'm not even going to try at this point. I don't know. Like, um, and apparently, at least according to Autofocus, I can't find a lot of detail about the production of this film, but according to Autofocus, they didn't even release this movie right away. Huh. Like, Disney knew it was garbage. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, he is, he is my least favorite part of the film, but I don't know whether to put that at his feet or the feet of the screenwriters like his performance is not great but he also doesn't have a ton to do yeah i don't watch autofocus kids 
<laughs> also, <laughs> key takeaway. <laughs> Eric just described the best parts of autofocus. Not the it's best parts, good, but like it's a I'm, pretty good film, actually. It's like Paul Schrader directing and it's Greg oh. Kinnear and Willem Dafoe. Like it's not bad, but like it's just mostly salacious. I don't recommend it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I would agree that again, he's not giving he's not given much to do. Like but I don't know if this is like a le- like make lemonade situation here where no, I guess it, it's tough because like it calls for the character to be at some level antagonistic, right? Yes. But yeah. I I don't know if antagonistic and unlikable have to go hand in hand. Like I can like somebody who is the bad guy kind like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's playing this in a way. <laughs> I, I, he just, <laughs> he like, just like, I just hate this. <laughs> I just hate how much he hates in this room. Like he's a hater and I like, I can't get down with he, it. I can't abide it, man. And as more as I think, the more I think about it, like he's also just like very unhappy or he yes. at least seems very unhappy. Like he doesn't like his job. Everything in the world seems like he's, he's just put upon like one point he, you know, he, falls down the steps in a scene that is completely useless in the movie, but also he falls yes. down the steps. He goes outside the next day with like in his robe, but like with a com icy compact on compact, whatever that's called. Yeah. Stop talking on his head. Uh, and like the neighbor's dog bites his leg. And like, <laughs> like he's just resigned to it. Like sure. his ennui. Like <laughs> he would almost, it would almost be fun if, like, okay, if you're going to be this guy, then just play it totally bad. Like, have him blow up at everything. Yeah. That might that might make more sense. You it know? could be the Grinch or something. Like, I don't know what be, he wants to I, – I, that's it. It would be more interesting. It would. Yeah. Instead, he kind of just like, – like, like we have said – Many times he's just kind of an asshole and you don't, yeah. I don't want to watch a movie about that guy. Like, I, I don't know. There are people that, uh, who handle misfortune, uh, with a plum, even in a negative way, I think. And this guy does <laughs> not, he always goes like the, the worst way you can go. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, that's a choice, I guess, but it's not one that I really had a lot of fun watching. So <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> almost done with the Disney years, Andrew. You're almost done with the Disney years. <laughs> you know, I was, I, it was, um, when we did cool breeze over the mountains it, during the early years of that, I never, um, I never got to the, point like even during the worst Keanu movie and and again uh, apples and oranges the worst Keanu movie does not is not even close to I believe was probably the worst Kurt Russell movie like it's not it's not it's not even the same sport let alone the same ballpark but like (laughs) never during Keanu did I like ask myself have I made a mistake (laughs) like and I did when I was watching this yeah. <laughs> I was like, have I made a mistake? Like, I really, really like Kurt Russell. But these this beginning part for me is has been uh, has been a trial. Uh Yeah. <laughs> you know, despite liking most uh, you know, half of the stuff that we've watched so far, um 
it's very telling. I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked at where his career goes from here. It, it's almost, <laughs> it's almost like he, it was one of those situations where like, let me do the exact opposite of what I've been doing. And it, and it like worked for him. So, I mean, to be fair, it doesn't really go anywhere for a while, right? Like he spends a lot of the seventies just doing TV. Yeah, that's true. I think he breaks out in an interesting way, but yeah, it's, again, it's it's difficult to make the leap, and he eventually does, you know, with the help of John Carpenter. But like, it it it's a it's a struggle. So our next and final movie of season one, the um, strongest man in the world, I think, is nineteen seventy five. This is seventy three, uh, and then our next. Kurt movie is 1980. So for we skip five years because we don't do television, essentially. Like, we're not going to watch every television show that he's been on. And there, it was numerous uh, television that happened in the, in the middle there. But um, yeah. yeah, John Carpenter helped him, helped him kind of turn that boat around, whatever was happening <laughs> there, you know. So he was not doing the Captive 3, The Longest Drive 2, or whatever that film was called. <laughs> the sequel to a t- popular television show. Who the fuck knows? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to rank Super Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Real excited. Oh, my. You know, to get a degree in law like Bob Crane had in this, you you do have oh to go boy. to school, right? But Wow, this is a wild segue, Andrew, but you go for it. But... I bet the internet could teach you how to be a little bit more charismatic, how to be a little bit more likable, right? And that's a skill that works regardless of your profession. Would you agree, Eric? He's doing it. He's doing it, folks. Keep going. I agree. If only <laughs> if only there was a place where you could, I don't know, just filter down just a set of things that you'd want to learn easily, add them to a queue, and then do them at your leisure. Wouldn't that be neat? That's a great idea, Andrew. Oh, my God. What if I told you it existed? It's called Skillshare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a long walk. Uh, Tell me more about (laughs) Skillshare. You cannot. I I think I'm legally obligated to say that you cannot learn to be a lawyer on Skillshare, but you can learn (laughs) some pretty cool stuff. (laughs) Their top level categories are create, build and thrive. So you want to create something, you want to build maybe a community, or maybe you want to thrive. Maybe everything's going well, but you want it to be, you want it to be uh, better. You want to maybe learn yoga or some meditation or something like that, right? Uh, you can, I'm not exaggerating when I say like, I've taken many, many classes on Skillshare, especially over the pandemic. Um and it's great. It's like a great little thing that I like to do for myself. Some classes are like an hour. Some have been much, much longer. I was telling Whitney last week, I, I just finished a class on like gradients. And a whole class on just like changing one color into another and what all that means and how to do it effectively. And I'm like, incredible. I can't believe how interesting this was. But wow. it was. It was there. This is probably the wrong I know this is more of a cool be- breeze question, but could I learn Kung Fu? Maybe, maybe. Okay. Hold on. I'm in. It's worth a, it's worth a check, you know? <laughs> Did you just say hold on? Yeah, hold on. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> I'm Googling it. 
Studio this is wild food. audio content. Street fighting for self-defense? What? I'm sold. Taoist yoga? Oh my god. Basic we can save Kung that. Fu exercises. Yes, you can. All right. I'm sold. All right. Yeah. Uh every single class on Skillshare is uh, you know, I don't want to overspeak, but it seems to me from what I've experienced that the people that are teaching it are the people that do it and love what they are doing. And they just want to share the knowledge. So you'll get like great outlines. Uh, you can narrow down exactly what you want to learn. You get an overview of everything you're going to learn before you even start it. So you could say like, oh, if it's like there are literally, I mean, there are hundreds of classes on Photoshop, for instance. But if you're like, you wanted to learn a specific part of it, you could just look at the course outline before you go through and you're like, oh, I already know all this stuff. This this class isn't for me. Or you could say, oh, this part is exactly what I need to learn and just take that take that course. So it's pretty That's cool. Clutch. It's pretty cool yeah. in that respect. And again, all at your leisure. I've been using, there's an app now on uh, Apple TV and the iPhone. So you could just stream right from your device too. And it's been great because I'll have my computer open, have the lessons on my phone. I could do both. I love it. What we have to cut to the chase is a free 14-day trial. If you go to 12and24.com slash Skillshare in your podcast client, just tap on the artwork right now and it will take you to the page. It'll say, Andrew has invited you to join Skillshare. Oh my God, probably has my photo on there. It's embarrassing. Go there, sign up 14 days free. You can learn anything. If you want to continue after that, it's $15 a month. If you want to cancel after your 14 days, after you've learned and accumulated a wealth of knowledge, you could also just do that. It's up to you. If you're a student, you have an ed.edu email address. You get 50% off per month too. No big deal. Just something they like to do. They throw it out there for the kids. You know what I'm saying? Everyone likes to learn. Let's do it. That's awesome. I'm going to join Skillshare. I'm going to take that Street Fighter course. <laughs> not, stri- I'm gonna well, use, not the game. Use though. that. It's, it's the real Street Fighter. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going right. to use that knowledge on my Sonny Chiba podcast. Oh. The Chiba cast. Is this an announcement? Did this just get announced? Are we getting a scoop? <laughs> Are we getting a scoop? <laughs> I would do that shit. I'll, I'll, I'll host you on 12 and 24. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, there's only like six Street Fighter movies, so That's it's a fun. short podcast. <laughs> I mean, hey, we'll call it a miniseries. It's just like what HBO does. It like raises the stakes. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's a miniseries. It's so short and then it's done. Uh, that's Skillshare. I think we, I think, God, I think that might be the best ad read I've ever done. I think, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Every week. It's pretty impressive. Every week just gets better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's hard to get into. It's hard to find the, the road in. You said it was a long walk and I get it. It was, but I was trying to piece it together. And it's a tough. Oh, I tough, saw where you were going right away, and I was <laughs> I was hoping you would pull it off. I was it's, like, I had my fingers crossed. It's tough to dismount too. It's like uh-huh. that's it. I don't know. Here's I yeah. I I'm not trying to read off a script, Dis- Andrew. Despite how much they want me to, I'm not reading off a script. <laughs> Andrew, uh-huh. you did it. Thank you. Nailed I appreciate it. it. I appreciate Good it. Good job. Please. In your reviews on iTunes, please mention how much you like the ads as well. You don't even have to sign up, just but please mention that you like the ad reads parts. That would be 
that that's special to me. So unfortunately, I think we're going to have to do a deep dive uh, on this movie. Uh, I am on the Wikipedia page right now. It is mercifully short. <laughs> so we don't, we, there's not too much we have to worry about here. Uh, and I think this does eh, like an okay, like an okay job um, of summing it up. So are you ready for me to run through this really quick, Eric? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Charlie McCready tries to wrest his daughter, Wendy, from her childhood friends whom he believes have no ambition. And he's believed this since they were two years old. That's a little editorializing, but <laughs> these two-year-olds, goddammit. He especially dis disapproves of her boyfriend, Bart. Initial That's played by Kurt Russell. Okay, there you go. Initially, he makes a few attempts to bridge the generation gap, but to no avail. Uh, attempts is a strong word um, for what he is doing here. He has inserted himself into many situations where he he just does not belong. So there it's, was no... It's not even many situations. He goes to the beach once. Right. That's after he... like a, It's like a priest on television says, like, have you... <laughs> Are yeah. you hanging out with your kids? No one cares. He, he does a few activities badly that no, like, I was about to call him middle-aged, but just a sidebar. Since I wasn't sure what the hell I would have to say about this movie, I looked up how old Bob Crane is in this film. Yeah. I am older than Bob Crane right now. What? Than he was when he made this movie. Jesus and he Christ. Acts like he's like a grumpy old man. He anyway. does. Yeah. That, that's wild. <laughs> it's really yeah. wild. I can't believe that. So, <laughs> oh, they give us some examples. Here we go. For example, he attempts to impress his daughter's friends by trying his hand at beach volleyball and water skiing, but both attempts result in humiliating <laughs> accidents. Which I loved. That was my favorite part of the movie when he got hurt. That was great. Late in the summer, Wendy receives a letter informing her that she's won a full scholarship to her parents' alma mater, Huntington College. Unbeknownst to her, the letter is fake. Her father has paid the first year's tuition himself and had a friend at the college send the letter to her. He did this so Wendy would not attend City College with Bart and her other friends. Classic. Classic maneuver. That old chestnut. Lying to your child. Yeah. Charlie later visits Wendy at Huntington and discovers that the college has changed considerably since he attended there. Wendy later discovers his plot and joins the campus counterculture as her way of getting even. She inadvertently becomes engaged to a hippie artist named Clutch. That's with a K. Uh, so... Eric, I want to talk about Clutch for a second. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is Clutch. He was supposed to be Charlie Manson, right? Is that? I mean, it, he had his own Spawn Ranch, like, but it was in <laughs> Sausalito and it was on the water. Like, this dude is—he's fucking nuts, right? Like, that's who he is, right? So I think I think Clutch is still like two years from going full Manson. I think this is <laughs> okay, like, but he's like on, he's like on the, he's road. on the path. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. But I think he's, it's like early Manson. He's still painting. Um, he's still like out in support of the, like the common man sort of. 
Um, you know, like he's he's still got some some noble ends. He also has like serious boundary issues. Um, yeah. When in this plot synopsis, it says she inadvertently becomes engaged. That's a literal plot point. Like he doesn't <laughs> ask her. He hands her a painting and tells her they're engaged now. Yeah. Um, and he's also got like serious anger issues. So yeah, he's, he's probably a year or two away. Um, you know, from, from telling some people to kill some people. Yeah. It's, I was like, wow, this is weird. This whole sequence here. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah, she gets engaged to Clutch. Okay. Charlie attempts to intervene on her behalf and ends up in a fist fight with Clutch. Um, fist fight? Yeah, okay. I mean, they're hitting each other with I mean, various pieces of art in his... Yeah, it's... It's, it's a painting over the head situation. This is one of those, like, wild slapstick moments that sort of breaks all of the drama that they may or may not have built earlier. Right. Again, they don't know what they want to be. Yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to Charlie, uh, Wendy's boyfriend, Bart has been tailing him, uh, and comes to the rescue at this point. Uh, you know, they, they defeat clutch. They knock him onto a, some sort of fishing vessel. I, I, I don't really, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. At this point, Charlie learns that Bart had turned down a scholarship to Huntington college. This was the bad decision that Eric had uh, mentioned earlier. So he could be near Wendy, who he believed correctly had not been awarded a scholarship there. Uh, that's a weird sentence. Essentially, Bart, because he had received the scholarship, uh, he knew that they went out two weeks after they took some weird test. And he's like, I know Wendy <laughs> didn't get it because I got it. And it was very prompt. So that's he kind of pieced it all together. Um, and then this final sentence Really shows how uh, the writing went. The movie ends with Wendy's marriage to Bart, period. Yeah, it's a real end then moment in the screenplay where it's just like, and then they get married. Why? What? Why not? I guess. Um, it seemed like almost immediately as well. Like it did not seem like long after. It wasn't like, oh, we graduated college and we're done now. It was like cut to <laughs> cut to a month later. <laughs> Yeah. The wedding like that is that summer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh that is Super Dad. Yeah, it's a real weird one. Like it's also, you know, it's 1973. And like I know hippies and the countercultural st are still a thing, right? Cuz like we're still in Vietnam, like if you take the macro view, like we're, yeah. we're still or we you know, we're still in Vietnam. There's, there's all of that going on. And of course, it's a Disney film, so they don't touch on any of that. But like the Disney version of like radical hippies is real weird. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, as I like, I, I, and I certainly wouldn't expect them to go dark, right? But like Clutch is, to your point, he's practically Manson. Like there's no, there's no real hippies going on there. And like, you know, the 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 line in the plot synopsis where it's like discovers that the child college has changed considerably. Well, like the big discovery he makes is that the dorm is co-ed. <laughs> that's it. Really? Yeah. I'm like, OK, I feel like you could have made a phone call and learned that. But like 
I don't know. It, it's it's just a real weird little movie. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Again, I'm not, see. I'm not going to take the time, but I I have to imagine that whatever this was adapted from might have had more because uh, I think our past several films have been adapted from novels by these two Mikaviti characters here, and maybe maybe it's better. I don't know. But uh, it just, I, it's all over the place. I just can't, <laughs> can't get behind it. Yeah, I don't know. If it is adapted, I'd be very curious what the, like, original story was. Because it, it doesn't lend itself to anything. Another one of these. Another one of these. Yeah. All right, Eric. I'm very excited. It's the moment everyone's been waiting for. Do you ultimately recommend this film? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, be glad that it's difficult to find. Like, it's not on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you have to pay for it on YouTube, I think, to even see it. Yeah. Uh, so don't bother. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm reminded of of Whitney's words, uh, you know, movies uh, <laughs> that are lost to time are often lost to time for a reason. So, <laughs> I mean, you can like, it's not out of print. Like you can buy a DVD copy of this film for $25. Cause uh, I was curious. Hate that. But like, don't, I mean, unless like, unless you're like an Ed Begley Jr. Completist. <laughs> Because right, he's also gotta, in this film. Yeah. For, you know, you know, for enough time, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, no, it's not a recommend for me. Yeah, it's going to be like a resounding hell no from me. <laughs> I did not like, if you couldn't tell by now, I did not like this movie very much. So I do not recommend it. No. So where is this going to go in your Kurt Russell movie rankings? Now... <laughs> You currently have one movie <laughs> in your rankings. And yeah, you're doing I mean, it right. You're doing it right because you're just, it's just what you've been a guest on. I don't care. You can go ahead and put it on, but I, I assume you're going to be on the show quite a bit more in the coming episodes. And that's great. I mean, if I look at, uh, like, I don't know that I've seen a lot of the films that you've talked about. So I'm not even really like over doing it when I say like, yeah, I think it's just these two. Computer yeah. War Tennis Shoes is still number one. Okay. And Super Dad is still number two. You heard it here, folks. Super Dad. <laughs> Eric's least Number favorite. two movie. <laughs> least favorite, but still number two film. <laughs> exactly. I am going to be a little bit uh, controversial. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> and say that like, this is like, this is my number 10 movie and it's only eclipsed by the one and only genuine original family band. Because while I found many of these other films to be, you know, like pretty middling overall, uh, guns of Diablo guns in the Heather, etc. cetera. Uh, I didn't hate the experience of watching them quite as much as I did this film. So that says a lot. Uh, so I'm yeah. I'm clocking this in at number 10. It's my second to last movie overall. Did not care for it. 
do not recommend, please. All I hope right, we right. saved you all some time. We're still under the runtime of the movie, so we definitely saved you some time <laughs> with this episode. Uh, where this podcast ends is the 20 minutes that we've saved by cutting out his bullshit job uh, storyline <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Locked and loaded. I'm sure Whitney, unfortunately, has also watched this. She'll rank it next week, put it where uh, she deems it necessary to go. And speaking of next week, oh my gosh, I'm looking now. This is, we're done with season one next week. This is exciting. This is exciting. Yeah. Whitney is going to be walking us through our final film, The Strongest Man in the World, rounding out the Dexter Riley trilogy. Oh my God. What's going to happen in this one? I don't know. And you really like, you you structured this season just about perfectly because then you jump from that into like a real role. Like I think season two starts off with used cars. Yeah. Or are you doing the Elvis movie? I can't remember. No, we're going to do used cars uh, just because okay. it, it lined up uh, essentially when I rejiggered the list like mid season and I dropped the captive to whatever that, yeah. whatever that one was. It basically mm -hmm. gave us the ability to line up the decades and with an almost okay. equal amount of movies per decade, which was really, really cool. So uh, we're yeah. starting in 1980 with used cars and then going to let's see what it is here. That'll take us all the way to 89 with Tango and Cash ending ending the 80s, which is you can't ask for a better way to end the 80s than Tango and Cash. Well, I'm sure you could actually, but that's fine. <laughs> A lot of people would beg to differ, but sure. I have, I have a, a, a like a particular fondness for that film, but I haven't seen it in. It's got to be like two decades. I have I watched that movie when I was too young, and I laughed and I thought it was funny. And I'm probably I don't know how I'm going to feel when I revisit it, but <laughs> in my memory, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, maybe we can do a special episode with the Elvis TV movie because that's kind of. That's kind of the turning point for him. Or, so hear me out, oh, we oh. save it for the future Carpenter cast. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's right. That is John Carpenter, isn't it? Is that, is that a John it Carpenter? Is. Interesting. It is. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's the, the Folks, if you join the Discord, you'd know that I'm constantly pitching a podcast about John Carpenter. Right. And I'm, I'm never not, actually going to make it. I'm not shooting it down. I'm like, I'm game for it. Let's, <laughs> let's get it rolling. Um, that's like a shorter one than anything we've done so far. It's, it's yeah, that's <laughs> true. That That is the interesting thing. Cause I remember I, uh, Whitney was very interested to see Whitney has a crush on Elvis, the human, right. And, mm -hmm. and she was aware that Kurt does a pretty great, like Elvis impersonation. Again, I don't know if it's necessarily the voice, but the physicality I've seen is like very impressive, but I don't think, I mean, the, the voice is pretty good too, to the point where when Elvis appears in Forrest Gump, that's actually Kurt Russell. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that's right. I didn't yeah. put, yes, I did not put Forrest Gump on our list because he's technically uncredited, but that's. Yeah. And he's literally does not appear in that film. Incredible. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. So maybe we will do that. I'll do that for Whitney, but that'll be like a bonus thing. We could just toss that yeah. in. We'll have you on. It's John Carpenter thing. It'll be a, that'll be, that'll kick off the Carpenter cast. Maybe we'll see. 
so that's great. That'll be uh, our next episode, the strongest man in the world. And then things are going to, you know, then everything's coming up Millhouse for your old pal, Andrew. Like we're fine. We're in the eighties. It's smooth sailing. Let's go. It's an embarrassment of riches. I mean, you have, you have action films, you have comedies, you have horror movies You've got, I mean, Silkwood is like a prestige drama. Like, yeah. It's it's an embarrassment of riches you're about to go into. Yeah. The uh, um, You even get another Disney movie, but it's a fun animated film, not a terrible live action one. <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, romantic comedy, Overboard also. Yeah. I, I, I'll say this, you know, to whet people's appetite. I know we've teased a bunch of stuff on the show, like some upcoming things that are like in the works and people have expressed their excitement for things coming. I will say that the guest list for season two is stacked. Like, I don't, I think we have a guest for almost every single episode. Some familiar, like Eric, you, I, you know, it's not a spoiler to say Eric will be on many of them. <laughs> uh, but then some voices that you might not have heard in, in, a, in a little bit will be rejoining us. And I'm super, super excited and some new ones. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So hang with us, you know, as Lane Train said, this show gets better every week. <laughs> so. <laughs> And I take that to that heart. Full circle, Andrew. <laughs> you should just stop recording right now. It's like you're a professional podcaster. Oh man, it's a callback. It's the greatest. We will. Let's stop. But first, we, we let's do it properly. Eric, <laughs> thank you for joining me on this. It's great. I'm I'm happy you were able to shift some stuff around and and make this happen. Uh, if people wanted to keep up with you on the internet, uh, where would they do that? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Platypus Jones. Um, but as we mentioned at the top, I spend quite a bit of time on Discord. Um, mm -hmm. So come join the 12 and 24 Discord and find me there. There you go. Yeah, that's like a direct pipeline to Eric. You could just at him and it'll he'll he'll like he appears. It's crazy. That's and the I same with me though, too. People do that shit all the time. And I'm like, I'm here. What's going on? That's fun. Hey guys. <laughs> I somebody have, wants to hear my opinion. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. <laughs> so uh yeah, likewise for me, I'm on the Discord. Uh, again, it's all listed in the show notes, a bunch of links. You could just click join us on Discord. It would be amazing if you did that. Uh, and then on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me at dark driving. Um, you know, I've been told that my Twitter is not for everyone and it's only because I just, I am like hyper specific about like tech and stuff like that. And then I just yell at clouds, oh, which is also fine. Okay. Um, but Hey, you know, let's, let's chat, let's connect. It'll be great. That's it. Those people are wrong. Andrew, Andrew's Twitter is charming. You should follow him. Yeah. It's like video games and like technology and like movies and then like complaining about stuff. It's like a little notebook. I use that instead of like an, I should just write notes. I should, I should be journaling, I think, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> just putting it out on the internet for some reason, I guess there it is. So I'm going to, uh, where's my button? I press the button, the button plays the cool song just like that. And then I say in the immortal words of Jack Burton, sit tight, hold the fort and keep the home fires burning. <laughs>